0: Well if you have your Bibles
1: with you this morning, please turn with me to 1st Corinthians, 1st Corinthians chapter 1, as we continue to work our way through this chapter,
0: we went through and considered the great and wonderful truths and the greeting that Paul gives in the first few verses last week. words here to us this morning in verses four through nine verses four through nine before we hear the reading and preaching of god's word let's go before him once together our gracious god and heavenly father we thank you that your word is truth we thank you that your word endures forever the grass may flourish and fade with the flower and fade. Lord, we are thankful that your word will spread. Lord, we come before you, thankful for your word and hungry for your word this morning. We pray that your spirit would work in our hearts, that you truly would feed us, and that you would comfort us and encourage us even convict us for you human, find and it. That we would go from this place, people ready to serve you and be more diligent and faithful in our obedience to you, Lord. We pray these things
1: in Christ's name. Amen. You
0: know. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, hear now the very word of God written for you and for me today. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ,
1: who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus, God
0: is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As far as the reading of his word, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word to us. Well, Church of the Lord Jesus
1: Christ, we have learned and we well know that God sent his messenger his apostles to gather and to perfect his people.
0: He sent them to disciple them, to teach them, to help them mature in holiness as the Holy Spirit extended grace and
1: worked in them. To the saints in Corinth, our Lord sent the apostle Paul, a beloved servant of Christ, who was called by God to serve and leading his
0: church. And in time, Paul had a wonderful calling to serve the saints in Corinth in their formative years as a congregation. As God saved many
1: who were lost in Corinth, He brought them together as a body, as a part of the family of God, to give testimony of Christ
0: in that dark and brave city. Now, true
1: churches of God must be those whose foundation is Christ, and is on his word who know that their
0: life is in christ and therefore in whom godly peace purity and unity is manifest and maintained
1: yet this was one of the struggles in corinth for though paul had only planted this church about three or four years earlier though it had only been that he was ministering to them in their midst. The corruption of their flesh, as well as the common sins and the influences of the city around them, were already having effects on them. Some even taking root in the body already. And yet, as the believers in the congregation have been sanctified, have been declared to be set apart, declared to be holy by Christ, and like we were called to be saints. Called to be the holy ones of the Lord. This meant that they must live according to their calling and being committed to getting the corruption and the sin out of their lives and out of the church. We, along with churches everywhere today, need to have that same kind of zeal and commitment, don't we? For we have the same calling. We have very similar, if not the same, struggles. saints. We are called as the Holy Ones of God to give testimony to Christ. And though they struggled, God extended His divine grace and peace to the Corinthians, didn't He? And this was so important to encourage the saints regarding God's work in them and His commitment to them in their sanctification. And so Paul begins the body of this letter from a heart He was thankful for the great and wonderful work of the faithful gift-giver to them. And as we consider these verses this morning, let's look at Paul's thankfulness for the grace of God in verse 4, the blessings of enrichment and confirmation that we see in 5 through 8, and the faithful gift-giver in verse 9. And as we consider each of these verses take note of how each one is grounded in Christ and his work. It's rather beautiful. Each one is grounded in Christ and his work. And so as we look at verse 4, Paul begins by saying, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Sincere thankfulness for the saints and all of Christ's church. Was consistent in Paul, and though thankfulness to God for the saints is is common in his epistles, his thanks was unique in the details. Of each consider Romans one eight. Paul was thankful through Christ. may so used to seeing the fruit of grace that we don't even notice it all the time. Maybe we don't notice it in some of the details that are truly there. But yet God's grace is truly amazing. That's a truth in and of itself that His grace is truly amazing, and that amazing grace, when we see it, should strike us. It should grab? he looked like to the Corinthians. Paul said he blessed them with enrichment and confirmation. He blessed them with enrichment and confirmation. Look at verse 5. That you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. And so the saints in Corinth had been enriched by Christ. Literally, he caused to abound in his grace. Remember and keep in mind the riches of divine grace. Go back and be encouraged to look at a couple of passages here in a moment. But be encouraged with the rich depth of that subject and Paul's treatment of it in Ephesians chapter 1. Indeed, Paul spoke of the abounding of the riches of God's grace in verses 7 and 8 of Ephesians. And there we read, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and through Paul also spoke of the riches of Christ that he was given uh, and given grace to preach in Ephesians 3.8. Where he said, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. That I should preach among the Gentiles, what, the unsearchable riches of Christ. So we see these abounding riches of grace in chapter 1. We see the grace that was given to Paul by God in order that he would preach. And preach purely and clearly and boldly the unsearchable riches of Christ. Someone would try to find the the edges of them or the bounds of them or the depths of them. They couldn't, right? Christ's storehouses of the riches of His grace are boundless and vast. And so it was from these rich storehouses of His grace that Christ caused the Corinthian saints to be full and abound in two things primarily, it says, in all utterance, which is speech, and specifically here referring to speaking in tongues, and all knowledge. So in all speech and in all knowledge, and this enrichment was, of course, a wonderful gift. However, the same is true. To whom much is given, much is required. The Corinthian saints, even us today, are, are to be good stewards of those gifts that we have been given by God. And those gifts that we have received, and these gifts were to be used for the glory of God and to benefit in the building up of His people and the building up of Epi of His church. However, this is one of the reasons why Paul mentions this here intentionally. For the saints in Corinth were tempted to be puffed up and proud about their gifts of knowledge and speech. We see Paul address that in chapter 8, verse 1, as well as chapter 14, verse 23. And in fact, Paul will rebuke them later on in this letter, for they were slipping into self-boasting. How special they were in their own eyes, and therefore how critical they were of everyone else because they had the gifts and were full of them and the others just not so much. Where do we find this to be true? Turn to chapter uh, 4 of this epistle. If you would. Turn to chapter 4 verses 6 through 8. Paul says this, Now these things, brethren, I have figured in. Transferred myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you different? Gifts were given to them for a specific purpose of service, a blessing and benefit. But yet, Will be doing those things. These were great blessings of these. Recalibrate their thinking. Recalibrate their focus. To be recipients of grace. And that this somehow is not just something that is built up and great us. But see how Paul goes on in verse 6 saying that he wanted them to see the blessing of the gift through the right lens apart from Christ. Because Christ enriching them with these gifts served what purpose? It confirmed, it it literally ratified and guaranteed the testimony of Christ, the work and the impact of the gospel in them. The gospel and the mission of the Holy Spirit, beloved, were confirmed to them and to the world by the knowledge which God had given them and their ability to communicate this knowledge to others for the honor of Christ and the good of of those that they share. And further, as as Christ is the great dispenser of gifts of grace, know that he doesn't skip in the gifts that he gives. He truly enriched the saints to abound in gift and service to him and the body in wonderful ways. And we see that in verse 7 says, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, Jesus Christ has gifted each member of his body in great and different ways. Paul's going to speak to that as well. But the gifts that he has given us aren't lacking. They're not lacking. They don't come up short. Christ doesn't shortchange in his gifts. It's not like we walk up to the cash register at the store and the cashier says, you know, sorry, you have most of what you need, but not quite enough. You're a bit short. Whoever gave you your money could have given you more. No. Jesus gives us the gifts that he wants us to use Verse in this way. We have abounding gifts of grace from our King that we are to use in service to our King as we eagerly await for the return of the King. In verse 8, Paul says, Who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, even speaking to that very thing. As seven and eight are looked at together, we see the service. and eight, we see the coming. We see the work of God in confirmation even to the end. And they needed to know, as we do today, that God has set them apart in Christ, granted much grace, but also importantly, it was at work by His Spirit and will continue His work of grace all the way to the end all the way to that glorious day when Christ returns, and though the Corinthians struggled in demonstrating holiness it in many areas of God would not fail in His work of redemption. And they needed to know that, too. He would sustain them, and He will sustain us below. He will sustain us in the faith, and we will be presented blameless at the time that Christ returns of the Lord. sustaining and preserving work in you. Are you confident? We all struggle. We all have plenty of times and opportunities when doubt can creep in even in a second to say, you know, it's really foolish for you to be so confident. Why are you so confident? You should really wonder about these things because maybe there's isn't as sure as you think it is. How can you know? How can you be so true? Because of the very promises of God. Because of the very works of grace. Because of Considering all of what Paul has said and is consistently pointing us to the foundation of Christ, if anyone would ask or wonder how we can be confident in such confirmation, what does Paul point us to in verse nine? He points us to the wonderful and the beautiful faithfulness of God. Again, yeah, how can you know? Because God whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, verse after verse after verse, Christ centered, built on the foundation of Christ. These actions are tied into Paul told the church in Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians three three. He reiterated and spoke to them about God's faithfulness in this way. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil
0: one.
1: My friends, let all the doubts be dead. Let them be challenged when they arrive. Let them disappear regarding the ability and willingness of our God To do and to accomplish all that he has promised. He will sustain and preserve his people to the end. He is faithful and he will do so because of that truth. But also notice what Paul told Corinth, because he is the one who called you. This beautifully and sweetly fits in and connects. It builds upon his. Where Paul speaks about our definitive sanctification. Our being declared holy by God. We have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. As you consider Paul's words, there's a lot of fullness there as well. These words are sure and true that John spoke of as well. The false words to Corinth were full and sure and true as well as he spoke of our calling. As he spoke of the fullness and the abundance of grace and the Lord's work in it. As he spoke of the fullness of our confidence, right? And here John speaks of these things being said that our joy may be full. For we as God's people rejoice. We stand up and we praise the Lord for the glorious truth of the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son. Because of His great love to us. Because of His love to us that was so deep that Christ would come and He would That we would be united to him, brought into his family, be recipients of the great inheritance. Know this today God the Father has called you into the fellowship with him and his beloved Son. Notice Paul's words Your Lord. It is him who you serve. He has called you into a state of union with Christ, into a relationship of friendship with Christ. He has called you into His family where He daily communicates the blessings of His grace to you by the Holy Spirit. And so may may knowing more of and and pondering more about the faithful God whom we serve, and His great and His wonderful works of grace to us. His great works in Christ. May that stir us to truly have thankful hearts and cause, and cause thanksgiving to flow from our mouths to God and praise for His grace and His gifts of grace to us in our brothers. His work in them. But also, I encourage you to deal squarely and promptly
0: with pride in your life when it
1: rises up in your heart and it attempts to turn divine blessings into selfish potency. Because it will. Satan loves to tempt us in those ways. The self free. that attempt to turn blessings of divine grace that are gifts from God into occasions for your own boasting of what you can do or or how special you are with this giftedness that was a gift it's
0: a gift
1: from
0: God so walk humbly
1: with your God and be thankful for what you have been given and then seek to you and daily pray and ask the Lord to work in that so you would be a good steward of those gifts. But finally, take the multifaceted, Christ-centered work of your God in His grace with you today as you leave. And love and adore Him all the more for The grace given to you by Christ enriching you in His gifts. The gospel of Christ confirmed in you. Serving Christ diligently as you wait for His promised return. God preserving you to the end in His faithful promise to present you blameless in the day of Christ. And the joy of your calling by the faithful God into the fellowship of Christ your Lord. such a wonderfully packed passage of the work of Christ to you. This is such a wonderfully packed passage of the calling of Christ to you. The Corinthians needed to hear this in specific to recalibrate things, but so do we in That we've got ourselves twisted up. There are various aspects that have crept the our lives How
0: we view the gifts of God. And they need to be made right? And how do they be It's by like learning and by
1: digesting and understanding and praising God for these great a It's multifaceted work. May God bless us grace to view these things and to see His grace and the works of His. see our God who is faithful and to praise him in the half great for what he has done and falling